Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The Vegas Golden Knights may be Stanley Cup champions, and the Denver Nuggets may be kings of the basketball world. That doesn't mean there aren't dozens of props, odds, promos, and parlays available for you right now at BetOnline Sportsbook. Use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, with the link in the description to this episode to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first bet. Whether it's baseball, MMA, boxing, Boxing, WNBA, golf, or anything in between, a 50% welcome bonus is available for you. Bet online where the game starts. Morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It is a podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast, and podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is that you may be choosing, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be Listening, it's a fantabulous, fantabulous June 29th, 2023, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however, and whenever it is you may be listening. It's our final show of the week here on the Take It Easy podcast. Again, we are now three days a week. We're looking at Monday, Wednesday, Thursday as our episode schedule for the time being. We're ramping up to NBA free agency here today, and maybe there will be big news by the time you're listening to this show. Chances are pretty good. All we have to work on right now is that Nikola Vucevic is returning to the Bulls. Our guy, Empty Stats Vucevic. The place where we started this podcast four years ago was with him re-signing with the Orlando Magic on a four-year extension that he just finished up this year. So, hey, Nikola Vucevic, full circle. One of the first Take It Easy podcasts was examining the free agency of Nikola Vucevic, and four years later, we're back at the free agency of Nikola Vucevic. Empty stats Vucevic signed for three years and $60 with the Bulls. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more important signings coming up over the next few days. And because of this, we're going to sit back Take a break. Next week is going to be all about free agent signings and all about NBA trades. There could be big news because by the time we'll be back on the air, it'll be July 3rd on Monday. By July 3rd, between June 29th and July 3rd last year, DeJounte Murray got traded from the Spurs to the Hawks. 
a trade that in hindsight didn't quite have as much significance as we anticipated, and Rudy Gobert was traded from the Jazz to the Timberwolves, a trade that also did not have as much significance as we once thought that it might. All besides the point, the broader point is there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the NBA and Monday and Wednesday and Thursday of next week are going to be all about examining those NBA trades. By the way, I just thought about the DeJounte Murray trade. Today is the one-year anniversary of us releasing our first episode of the Fall of the Spurs Dynasty podcast series, and it's been a hell of a year in that time since then. We made a full five-part documentary podcast series, which you can listen to still. All the links are available in the description of this episode. That birthed into a book six months later, and then about four months since the release of the book, we achieved all of the goals that we had intended for and are now moving to bigger and better projects like working full-time in radio, which, by the way, the end of the show today, you're going to hear a fun clip of the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves that we had fun with on the radio show that I've been working on this week. But I mentioned the Braves and the Mets, and I mentioned everything we set there because we got to put the NBA free agent news to the side. And since we are in jeopardy of podcasts aging not well, I felt like we would uh, take a little break today and hop in our Millennium Falcon and travel to a galaxy far, far away on this podcast known as Major League Baseball, where the Holy Dodger Empire is reigning terror across the galaxy, but their 111-win Death Star was destroyed by the San Diego Resistance and everything that's going on in the wild Star Wars world of baseball. Though we figured out baseball basically mirrors Star Wars. This era of baseball is very similar to Star Wars, and like Star Wars, I love baseball in the same way Star Wars nerds love baseball, which is... Or sorry, the way Star Wars nerds love Star Wars is the way I love baseball, which is really, really great when I was a child and just diminishing returns ever since. I feel like that's how most Star Wars fans feel about Star Wars. It's how I feel about baseball. It was great as a child. It has just declined in quality ever since. And diminishing returns is the name of the game. But today I want to take a journey deep into our Star Wars universe. So... To set the stage, to set the mood, here is our Star Wars Episode 5 introduction. Episode 5, The Dodger Empire Strikes Back. After five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose... Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the Force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner, while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. 
Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their empire state along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim, who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. All right, we are now in a galaxy far, far away talking about Major League Baseball, which before we move on to other bigger and better topics in baseball, I just want to say the San Diego Resistance really making the Empire Strikes Back feel real because the San Diego Resistance is uh, pretty far outside of the playoffs and not looking like they have a good chance of making this thing work out this year. So who knows, maybe next year will be the last Jedi year of baseball where the Empire will strike back and then next year we'll set up an epic clash between the Holy Dodger Empire and the Resistance in an epic final battle because this season looks like it's headed towards that episode five vibes where it ends with the empire getting their vengeance and han solo or captain juan soto as his name is in the star wars universe being trapped in the metal casing thing and sent off to Kara the hut or Jabba the hut or whatever the fuck we called it in the episode four anyways not going great for san diego but you know who it is going great for the backs of diamond baby and lordis guriel jr realizing now the Diamondbacks are going to probably make the playoffs this year, and the Miami Marlins are probably going to make the playoffs this year, and two of the worst trades in baseball was the Toronto Blue Jays giving up Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in exchange for Dalton Varsho, who is playing for the Toronto Blue Jays, is an outfielder for the Blue Jays with a 650 OPS compared to Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who has 1,000 OPS, is going to start in the All-Star game, and had a 17-game hit streak earlier in the season for the backs of Diamond, who are three games better than the Los Angeles Dodgers. Shout out to you, Arizona Diamondbacks. Now that the San Diego Padres don't matter at all, you are America's sweethearts. They've won two games in a row against the Rays. Oh, they have... 
just such a fun story for the Diamondbacks. Guys like Cattell Marte, who have been there for the whole rebuild, are still doing well. Corbin Carroll, who's the rookie we talked about in April, he's their three-hitter. He's played amazing this season. And the aforementioned Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is probably going to start in the All-Star game. And he has giant purple hair, and he's just the absolute best. Just, Just so good. So good. By the way, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., this year, 1.4 wins above replacement, and he's not really that much of a defensive guy. So, shout out to you, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., one of the worst trades of the season. One of the other worst trades of the season was the Miami Marlins getting Luisa Rise in exchange for Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez got an extension with the Minnesota Twins. The problem is Luisa Rise is going to probably win MVP in the National League. And uh, that was not a good trade by the Minnesota Twins, who are currently below 500, 40 and 42, halfway through the season. They're below 500 and first place in the absolutely atrocious American League Central, which I have said for years should disband as a division. The American League Central has not won a playoff series in six years. I'm not exaggerating. It has been six years since the American League Central won a playoff series. The last playoff series won by an American League Central team was 2016. This year we'll make it seven because one of those teams has to make the playoffs and it's probably going to be the Minnesota Twins, who I'm not even joking. The Minnesota Twins, if they were in the American League East, would be in last place. Last place in the AL East is the Red Sox at 40 and 41. The Twins are 40 and 42. The Twins, first place in the American League Central, last place in the AL East. Which is why I have proposed for years that we take all five teams in the American League Central, put them in each of the other five divisions, and they will all finish in fourth place. Every single goddamn one of them. The Royals would be fourth place in the AL West right now. The Chicago White Sox would be fourth place in the National League East. The Detroit Tigers, if we put them... In the National League Central, the Detroit Tigers would be third would be fourth place right now at 34 and 45. They would be in fourth place in that division. Only the Cardinals would be worse than them. If we took the uh, if we took the Cleveland Guardians, put them in the National League West, they would be in fourth place right now. And if we took the Minnesota Twins, put them in the AL East, they would be in fifth place. Again. If you took every team from the AL Central, put them in another division, they would all be fourth place in their division. It's really incredible how shitty that division is. Or how, yeah, just how shit the American League Central is. It is the AFC South pyramid scheme of baseball. But enough of getting upset about the AL Central and talking about Luis Arraiz on the Miami Marlins, who might win National League MVP, and enough about the Arizona Diamondbacks with purple-haired Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who, by the way, I was watching Intentional Talk at work the other day, and they had Lourdes Gurriel Jr. on the show, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was being interviewed with his purple hair and a t-shirt of him with purple hair on television. Him with purple hair wearing a t-shirt of an animated picture of him having purple hair. I hope he's selling that. I would absolutely buy it if I were anywhere in Arizona because Lourdes Gurriel Jr., brother of Yuli Gurriel, has just become an absolute sensation this year for a 
backs of diamond team that is currently ahead of the Los Angeles Dodger Empire. The real story I wanted to talk about today was our friend Blake Jude and his excitement around the Cincinnati Reds because the Cincinnati Reds won 12 games in a row last week. And right now they're in a wild card position. The Brewers passed them in the American League Central. And I am really interested in the success of the Reds. And maybe we'll have Blake Jude come on to talk about this. But the thing that was interesting to me is there's a real palpable excitement around a team that added Eli De La Cruz and added uh, Hunter Green, who was a top draft pick a few years ago. And they've had TJ Friedel come up and they have Jonathan India, who's a former top draft pick. Jake Fraley hit a walk-off homer during the win streak that they've been on. And there's a genuine excitement around the Cincinnati Reds that is really unique and interesting. And the reason it's really unique and interesting is the Cincinnati Reds got all these young players and then went on a giant win streak. And the giant win streak is usually the thing that cultivates excitement. I mean, shit, they made a movie about a giant win streak with the Oakland A's doing something similar where they were expected to finish in last place. They started the season finishing in last place and they went on a gigantic win streak. Like that's a story that everyone can get excited about and seeing the Cincinnati Reds and the Miami Marlins sell out a baseball game over the weekend and seeing the Cincinnati Reds go into Baltimore yesterday and put up 11 runs against a team that is also young and pretty good. Like the the palpable excitement around the Cincinnati Reds is something that's really interesting because people have started talking about them being America's team, even though there's a new America's team every year, like the San Diego Padres were America's team when it was Fernando Tatis. They even made signs at Petco Park that said America's most exciting team which was, I believe, 2021 that they put that out. And then last year, it was the Seattle Mariners when they broke their streak. They were the most exciting team in America. And Julio Rodriguez was the generational prospect. And now Eli De La Cruz is the generational prospect. Before that, it was Fernando Tatis was the generational prospect. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. And then we kind of forget about the generational prospects as the years go along. And Getting Cincinnati super, super excited was something that was interesting because normally it's a slow burn. In baseball, there's very little turnover because of the discrepancy in payrolls of baseball. Baseball is a sport we've talked about before that is very big on the haves and have-nots. And it's been so interesting to see not a slow burn of a team that was totally unexpected bursting onto the scene and going from being in last place to first place in the span of like three weeks, that's something that usually doesn't happen in baseball. Usually it's a slow burn. Usually it's a long season and you can forecast the trends along the way. Like when it was the rise of the Chicago Cubs with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, David Ross, Jason Hayward, that whole team, it was a slow burn of like three years until the point where they were good enough to get the number one seed in the National League, and people started to believe that that would be the year that they would break the curse. They went to a wild card in 2014 and went to a wild card in 2015, made the NLCS by upset that year, got smoked by the New York Mets, 
And honestly, that New York Mets team was one of the closer stories of a, a burst on the scene victor with Matt Harvey and everything else in 2015. But besides the point, like the Cubs had a very slow burn up to the top and then they traded the whole team away in 2021. And, or no, I guess that would have, yeah, that would have been 2021. They traded away Bryant in 2021. They traded away Rizzo in 2021. Baez left as a uh, free agent to go to Detroit in 2022, before the 2022 season. Contreras left as a free agent after last year. Like, the Cubs went slow burn up, and then nothing really after that. And by the way, the Cubs have been trying for years to get back to the place that Cincinnati just achieved in three weeks. The Cubs have spent three years signing, uh, I forgot the guy's name from Japan, uh, Suzuki, I think his name is. They signed Suzuki. They signed Dansby Swanson. They bring in Cody Bellinger. They signed Marcus Stroman, who at the start of the year was a Cy Young candidate. Like, they've been trying for years to get out of that purgatory in the middle, and they just haven't been able to do it. Cincinnati did it in like three weeks after being bad for four seasons straight. And really longer than that, because I don't think the Cincinnati... The Reds made the playoffs during that pandemic year uh, when they were the seventh seed and I believe scored zero runs in their two playoff games against the Atlanta Braves. But outside of the pandemic season, I think the Cincinnati Reds didn't make the playoffs until 2013 prior to that. Let's see, the Reds made the playoffs in 2013. I nailed it exactly correct. Lost that crazy wildcard game to the Pirates where they won their first playoff game in 25 years. Didn't make the playoffs for a bunch of years after that. It was fourth place, fifth place, fifth place, fifth place, fifth place, fourth place, third place. And they made the playoffs as the seventh seed in the pandemic season. And then third place the following season where they won over 80 games and then last year it was 100 losses and this year was supposed to be 90 losses and 70 wins and now they're at least on pace to make the playoffs if not win the National League Central and you don't usually get that story in baseball you don't get the fourth place last 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 for four straight seasons it's fourth place last place last place last place last place fourth place third place, third place, a hundred loss season, and now we're in the playoffs. You don't usually get that 30 plus win turnaround in baseball, and you certainly don't get it in the span of three weeks. And so it's really interesting to see this unexpected story because like the Diamondbacks are an unexpected story, but even they've been a slow burn. The Diamondbacks had been on people's radars since April, and they will continue to be on people's radars up through the trade deadline. Miami Marlins, same situation. They are a really good team and they're much better than the Mets, but they still might miss the playoffs in the terrible National League. It's rare that Cincinnati was written off in early June and now at the end of June, they're almost in first place. That's a rare situation that the Cincinnati Reds, you don't get to see really ever in baseball. You don't get to see that quick turnaround. It's usually, yeah, we get a 80 wins, and then a wild card, and then we make the playoffs, and then we lose to the Dodgers, and then we lose to the Dodgers again, and then we tear the team down over a five-year burn, because that's what the rookie contract scale is. Usually that's the slow burn over half a decade, is we get 80 wins, then we get to 90 and make the wild card, then we lose to the Dodgers, then we lose to the Dodgers again, and then we get we blow up the team, trade Paul Goldschmidt, if you're the Rockies, trade Nolan Arenado, 
If you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, trade Andrew McCutcheon. If you're the Chicago Cubs, trade Javi Baez and trade Chris Bryant and trade Anthony Rizzo. That's usually the slow burn to get to that place. And Cincinnati went right past the slow burn with a really young team and might end up winning the National League Central and might have a chance of actually doing some damage in the wildcard round. Might actually have an outside chance of beating whoever the sixth wildcard team is in the National League because the National League has like two and a half good teams. It's the Dodgers, it's the Braves, and it's maybe the Diamondbacks. That's about it in the National League at this point. There are just not a lot of good teams in the National League this year. But, 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 four teams got to make the division series. And much like last year's Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, Cincinnati might backdoor their way into one of those spots. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We have episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as a Wired Up on Sundays. Make sure to leave a five-star review, a download. Any and all support is greatly appreciated for this show, and we appreciate that you have decided to continue supporting this here fine program. Three days a week is what we're going with now, and next week is going to be heavy, heavy, heavy on the NBA free agency news and notes. Sorry we didn't get the Mad Dog Russo clip in there. I uh, didn't realize that the MP3 file that I was going to use is deformed, so we'll save that for another day. Basically, the idea is like you can't figure out whether the Mets have 50 or 55 wins. If you want to Google it, I've linked it in the description to this episode. Again, I apologize for uh, messing with that the first time around. I have... Uh, the link for the video if you want to see it, but it's more funny with the commentary. But if you want to check it out, there's also a link in the description of this episode where you can check out Cattles and Rami. Uh, it was hour four of the June 27th show if you want to hear the full clip. And if you just want to hear me doing radio, that would be a, uh, a great way for you to continue supporting this here fine, fine program and supporting our dreams, which is the thing that you guys have consistently been doing for us day in and day out here over the last four years four years four years i cannot believe it's been four years of this lovely lovely program thank you for stopping in everybody we'll talk to you again next week and in the meantime take it easy episode five The Dodger Empire strikes back. After five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose, Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the force. After their incredible victory, The Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. 
Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their empire state along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim, who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.